0: Welcome to Mediocre from Minnesota Daily Conversations, a snack-sized podcast delivering a frequent dose of mediocrity that you didn't know you needed. Make sure to follow Mediocre from Minnesota on Instagram and Facebook, add us on your preferred podcast app, and share it with your friends. Today's topics are This Day in History, Thirsty Thursday, and Brazilian Cocktail. But first, let's hear from today's sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by Ron's Used Bikes. Ron's got bikes for every age, size, and style. Was your bike recently stolen, and now you're left walking everywhere? Stop by Ron's to find a gently used bike to replace it. If you find a bike at Ron's that looks just like your stolen bike, it's purely coincidental. Ron's Used Bikes, selling gently used bikes that are definitely not stolen. All right, this day in history, and this information is obtained at history.com if you want to check out uh, all things history go to history.com and uh, and learn a little bit of learn a little bit of history and also watch uh, some reality shows that may or may not be historically accurate so on this day in history in 1996 so January 18 1996 major league baseball owners unanimously approve interleague play, For the 1997 season, this broke a 126-year tradition of teams only playing games within their league during the regular season. Interleague play was proposed as early as 1933, uh, and then again in 1973 when the American League adopted the designated hitter, but the plan was rejected by the National League. On June 12, 1997, the San Francisco Giants beat the Texas Rangers, 4-3 4-3 in the first interleague game. And now I know 1997, the first season that they actually played interleague, uh, is, you know, 20, almost 27 years ago now, um, but I guess I had assumed that they had been playing interleague play for a lot longer than that, or at least earlier than 1997. In my, in my mind, that's not all that long ago um, that they were actually playing interleague, but uh, it turns out no, it wasn't. Uh, you know, it wasn't uh, in the eighties or the seventies or anything like that. Just uh, just before the two thousands. For the next item for this day in history, it regards the Lewis and Clark expedition. On January eighteenth, eighteen o three, Thomas Jefferson requested funding from Congress to finance the Lewis and Clark expedition. Jefferson officially asked for twenty five hundred dollars in funding from Congress, though some sources indicate the expedition ultimately cost closer to $50,000. Meriwether Lewis was joined by his friend William Clark and 50 others on the journey, including an enslaved African-American and a female Native American guy named Sacagawea. The team, which Jefferson called the Corpse of Discovery, that's C-O-R-P-S, not like corpse as in a body, First surveyed the territory that comprised the Louisiana Purchase, a vast expanse that reached as far as north as present-day North Dakota, south to the Gulf of Mexico, and stopped at the eastern border of Spanish territory in present-day Texas. The team then crossed the Rockies and navigated river routes to the Pacific coast of present-day Oregon. Upon their return, the duo's reports of the exotic and awe-inspiring new lands they had encountered sparked a new wave of westward expansion. Jefferson first proposed the exploratory expedition even before Napoleon offered to sell France's American territory, which would become known as the Louisiana Purchase, to the United States, and had authorization from Congress to launch a survey of the area when news of Napoleon's offer to sell reached Washington. In a stroke of luck for the United States, Napoleon had abandoned plans to establish a French foothold on America's southern flank and sold the land to the U.S. to subsidize his conquest of Europe. Thanks, Napoleon, for like half of the United States. Next, we're going to jump to Thirsty Thursday, and this topic uh, involves the most consumed alcoholic beverages in the world by sales. So we're going to go through the top 10 alcoholic beverages by sales. These numbers are from 2020 to uh, the, the latest ones I could find uh, but I think probably still still hold up today as far as 2023 numbers uh, goes. All of these are uh, regarding global market size in 2022, uh, and I'll give you the dollar amount and then a little bit of info about each one. So number 10 is tequila with $14.7 billion uh, in global sales. Tequila's popularity has been on the rise for years. The growth and popularity of tequila can primarily be attributed to a number of factors, including the expansion of the premium spirit sector, as well as the introduction of new flavors and a greater social media presence. Coming in at number 9 is gin, with a global market share of $15.3 billion. There are reportedly three main reasons for gin's continued popularity, taste, versatility, and the variety that they now have available, Uh, The UK is the largest exporter of gin in the world. Number eight, rum. Rum's global market share is $17.4 billion. While rum sales are still dominated by major producers, many consumer preferences are said to be moving away from value options and towards an appreciation for craft and age rums instead. Made from fermented sugarcane juice, rum also provides a key function in cocktail culture coming in at number 7 cider cider's global market size is 17.9 billion and uh, cider has definitely risen in popularity significantly significantly over the last decade um, but has dipped uh, in recent years number 6 vodka vodka's global market size is 25.98 billion vodka continues to be the most consumed spirit in the US and has been since 1970 U.S. folks love their vodka. Around 78.1 million cases of the spirit were sold in America in 2021 alone. Number five, whiskey. Whiskey's global market size is $64 so quite a big jump from number six to number five. As millennials are increasingly beginning to experiment with different drinks and assisting in the rise of cocktail culture, the use of whiskey as a premium ingredient has increased in bars recently. Number four, and I hope I don't mispronounce this, Baiju. Baiju's global share is 95.21 billion. Baiju plays a prominent role in China's drinking culture and has done so ever since the Ming dynasty. It is most commonly distilled from sorghum, although other grains including rice, wheat, corn, and millet are also available in blends throughout the country. Last year, consumers in China consumed $91 billion worth of Baijiu, yet it still remains less well known outside the nation. So China's consuming 91 out of the $95 billion. Never had it, probably got to try it now if it's number four in the world. Number three, liqueurs. Liqueurs' global market share in 2022 was 128.9 billion. Liqueurs, which are essentially distilled spirits that are sweetened with sugar or syrup and often also contain fruit, herbs, and oils, can be sweet or bitter depending on the flavors used. Getting down to the final two, number two, wine. Wine's global market size or share in 2022 was $441.6 billion. So from number three to number two, over $300 billion increase. The rising demand for premium and luxury wines has been reported alongside the growing popularity of wine tourism, which had become key factors driving growth. According to some analysts, global wine consumption in 2022 was estimated to be at 232 million hectoliters, whatever a hectoliter is, marking a decrease of 1% compared to the previous year, so a little bit of a dip. Year-on-year, year, wine consumption around the world has decreased at a regular rate, And yet this can be mainly attributed to the decline in China's consumption, which has lost an average 2 million hectoliters per year since 2018. So what have we learned so far? If China really likes it, it's going to be popular, aka a lot of folks in China. And finally, number one, I don't think it's a surprise, at least not to me, but to maybe some of you, is Beer, beer's global market share in 2022, $793.74 billion, so another 300 and basically another $350 billion jump from two to one. Beer is the most consumed alcohol in the world. In fact, after water and tea, beer is actually the most popular drink in the world, According to some reports, in the 2022 brewing year, global beer production ended up increasing slightly year-on-year by 1.3% to 1.89 billion hectoliters. However, the market is yet to return to its pre-pandemic levels when production peaked at 1.9 billion. The category has also evolved with consumer taste as brewers look to satisfy the thirst of their audience plus the overall demand for premium and low-calorie beers. The rising popularity of craft beer and the continued expansion of distribution networks in emerging countries are all expected to continue driving growth in the global beer sector over the next few years. And finally, our topic is Brazilian cocktail. So I've been fortunate enough to travel abroad a few different times and enjoy some varying adult beverages. Uh, And last year in 2023... My wife and a couple of our friends went to Brazil uh, to take a little vacation without the kiddos. Because if the kiddos came, that would have been uh, an enormous amount of work and probably a little less fun. Even though I love love the kids, uh, it was definitely more of an adult vacation. And so, keeping with the theme of alcohol, uh, when we were on the beaches in Rio, there was nothing better than, and I hope I pronounce this correctly... Uh, caipirinha, to quench your thirst. Uh, caipirinha is made from 30 to 40 limes. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's probably like three to four limes. They say the glass should be about a third juice, so quite a bit of lime juice. Sugar, I'm assuming a crazy amount of sugar if you've got that much lime juice because you don't want it to be extremely bitter. Ice, and then kachaka. What is kachaka? cachaca is a Brazilian distilled liquor made from the fermentation of raw sugarcane juice officially cachaca is is a type of rum although they're both made from sugarcane the main difference between the two is that cachaca is made from the fermentation of fresh raw sugarcane juice while rum is made from sugarcane byproducts like molasses Brazil accounts for 97 to 99 percent of all all Cachaca sales worldwide. So definitely, definitely a Brazilian thing. I'm sure you can get it elsewhere, but uh, very popular down there. And I will say that when you're on the beach and it's, you know, between 90 and 100 degrees, those things are so good. I mean, you're sweating and and it's just hot and, you know, you jump in the ocean. But as soon as you get out and dry off, you're, you know, it's it's hot all over again and for whatever reason, those things just do a fantastic job of uh, quenching your thirst and uh, and really just go with the vibe of just relaxing on the beach and, and and sipping on one of those things. And I will say I don't know that I had a bad one there. There are different varieties, so they'll throw different fruit juices in there, other fruit to, to kind of change it up. But the lime, thats for me, it was was the best one, and I uh, definitely miss those. I uh, haven't made them since we've been back. I can't imagine what it would cost to make a couple of those with the amount of limes that you'd have to buy, um, because they were literally the whole glass is just full of like lime pulp. So they juice it and then they like muddle the crap out of it, so it's just loaded with all the pulp and the the skins and everything. Uh, But yeah, if you ever get a chance to try one, gotta they're they are delicious, and I'll I'll save it for another time, but I'll have to share about the random food being sold on the by different vendors on the beaches in Brazil, uh, including Cajo, which not to sim- oversimplify it uh, too much, but essentially it's a grilled chunk of cheese and they like grill it right in front of you. I'll have to save that for another episode, but uh, super interesting. I don't know that there's a lot of uh, food inspection going going on on the beaches in Rio uh, to make sure that uh, make sure everything's safe. but delicious nonetheless. Well, that's going to wrap up today's show. Thanks for listening to Daily Conversations, a snack-sized podcast delivering a frequent dose of mediocrity that you didn't know you needed.